Hearty fraternal greetings and good wishes to all the brothers and sisters. By this evening talk, we conclude the teaching for this group life. Tomorrow morning we shall have a question answer session to round up the teaching that has been given since the day before yesterday. I have been speaking to you the occult side of man, the inner side of man, where there is the indweller, man the indweller, and then master the Ishvara, business. There is the master in us, there is the indwelling man in us, and then there is the man who relates into objectivity. There is an outer man who functions in objectivity. There is an inner man who can function in the subjective worlds. And then there is the divine man who we call by various names. The most used name in the scriptures is Ishvara, meaning Master. This understanding we need to carry with us. We are not just what we are in the objective life. A major part of us is in this objective side. And that subjective man is a descendant of the Divine One, the Cosmic One, the Master, Harishwara. This understanding should establish with us if we wish to function with a greater potential in the mundane world and also in the super-mundane world, which is called the subjective world. <coughs> Man can function as much in the subjective world with the help of subjective mind and subjective senses, which are called antakarnas, developing the subjective body. That is called Pushpasarya. It can be built with the help of the objective mind, the senses and the body. From out of this body, the other body can be developed. Just like the tree develops from within a flower or a fruit, just like from within the milk, the butter can be developed. And from within the butter, the ghee can be developed. There are certain states of man which man can develop thereby experience not only the mundane world but also the super mundane world. Therefore, it is said that there is God in man, the master, 
and there is man and also the outer man. To depict this we give, we are given a, a symbol with Lord Krishna and the chariot representing Narayana, Arjuna and the chariot representing Nara, and then the chariot as such with the horses. He is the objective side of the man. <laughs> there is objective side, there is subjective side, and there is divine side in the man. So therefore man can be mundane, man can be super mundane, man can be divine. These possibilities have been experienced by the seers of Hori past. Since they experienced these possibilities, they thought that it can be shared with the fellow human beings, therefore the scriptures have come to be, giving the details of the inner man and then the divine man and then the cosmic man. These are four men we speak in scriptures, fourfold existence. There is the all-permeating energy, whom we call the universal God. He is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. He is also within every form. Ishwara Sarvabhutaro, meaning in all formulations he exists. Sarvabhutaro, without exception. So also in man. So his reflection is the subjective man. And the subjective man has a possibility to move into objective. So when all these three are aligned within oneself, when these three principles are aligned in oneself, it can relate to the fourth one as well, which is beyond the form. There is divinity beyond the form, there is divinity within the form. So, and when you touch upon the divinity within the form, with the help of such alignment, you can also relate to the divinity outside the form, which is omnipresent form. That's how the fourth one can be contacted. That's how we say, with the, the Lord is fourfold. Chaturvarga phalam jnanam kala vasva chaturjuga Chaturvarna Mayonotaha Tatarkaram Chaturmukhat. Like that uh, the Sea Radhaya speaks in Mahabharata. It is this fourfold existence which is explained by the fourfold class. It is also explained as the four Kumaras. It is also explained as the four Yugas. It is further explained as the four Kalas, Shikas. Like that there are four, 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 and four ways are four stations of man as infancy, youth, the adolescent, and then old age. Then again it comes back in a cycle. If ashramas are four, the ashramas means one is Sisu, meaning infancy. And Kumara and 
the youthful years, then the middle age and then the old age. Four stages. Likewise, four qualities with man, ability to ideate and get ideas, creative ideas to manifest, ability to execute in tune with the ideas, ability to exchange ideas and resources, and ability to work with the help of the physical body, which are called the four varnas. Some people predominantly work with the body. Some people have the ability to cause exchange of resources. Some people have the ability to execute well. Some people have the ability to irritate well. And all the four can be in one person. He can irritate well. Not all those who can irritate are generally good executors. Policy makers generally are not executors. Executors are not policy makers. Generally. But there can be a policy maker who can also be an executor. So there have been kingdoms ruled by great kings who were advised by their priests, by their gurus. Raja gurus, we say. The Guru to the king, the Guru guides, and then the king administers. Napoleon was guided like that. Alexander was guided like that. Chandragupta Maurya was guided by like that. Krishna Devaraya was guided by that. But there are kings who are also initiates. King initiates are a step ahead because there is, the two are combined. He can irritate and he can execute. They are called Rajarshis. Rajarshis. Janaka is said to be a Rajarshi. Sri Rama is said to be a Rajarshi. Why? Because he can irritate, he can relate to the plan and he can execute himself. So in human beings there, are, there can be a person who can create in a manner that he can be very creative and he can also be an executive. But generally the, the, those who create, they transmit their idea, their idea to an executive who makes a plan of earth and execution. So there is ideation, there is execution. And there is exchange of resources. It is very beneficial when each one shares his resources with others and at the same time receive from the resources from the other side also. This is what we call transaction, that you give to receive, you receive to give. This kind of activity keeps happening in our daily life. And then we all function with the body. So all four can be in one. Then he is a complete man. Or one may be much proficient in one of the four or two of the four and may not be so very proficient in the other. A man who cannot really work physically strong, he can engage those who have physical strength. 
It's a matter of exchanging resources. He gives ideas and enables the workers to work. He is the manager. He receives from higher circles. So like that there are fourfold qualities. Chaturvarnyam maya sushcha guna karma vibhagasyaha Meaning by quality and by action this kind of four four categories of people are there and within each one of us the four functions. The head is meant for radiation. The hands are meant for protection. <coughs> the legs are meant for carrying out the vehicle everywhere. And then the stomach, which contains, which takes the resources from outside, it receives and transforms them into energy and supplies it to the whole body. Like that, we have the upper torso, the lower torso, and then the the, the the legs. This is how the four parts of the human can also be visualized. Why I say this is, do not be satisfied with, your, with one fourth of of your understanding. <coughs> you can be three-fourths more. You can raise into three different levels instead of being just in the fourth level. There is the objective life which is called Sarapurusha. I have been explaining it to you. Meaning all this activity is terminated by what we call death which exists not to you but to the body. Not to you but to the body. The program, all that we do comes to an end with the death. And most people feel that the whole life activity is terminated by death. This is one understanding. Another understanding is it can be continued beyond the, beyond one life. The CS of wisdom even if they are, they depart from one body, they consciously enter into another body and continue the work. That's how the CS are continuing the work for eons of time. That's how we worship them. That is the single reason that they have the continuity of consciousness beyond one incarnation. That is the chief idea of relating to them. They have gained all the four dimensions of the man. The outer man, the inner man, the divine man, and the cosmic man. These are the four dimensions. That's why every deity is depicted with the four arms. Chaturbhuja, we say, isn't it? Chaturbhahu, meaning the, the four arms. Class is also the four fold. It has, it has four hands. That's so classic. Anything that is four should remind us that we are four four, but we are not just one dimension of the four. Object to life, it grows and grows and grows from childhood ever since its birth. And then there is a pinnacle where after it retreats. And then there is what is called retirement and then departure from the body. 
By the time you depart from the body, your program may not be complete. May not be complete. So you should need another body to continue. Just like when we are traveling to a distant place, say from Hyderabad to Bangalore, or Vishayapatram to Bangalore, on the way, if the vehicle breaks down, what do you do? You take the other vehicle and continue the journey. Isn't it? Likewise, the seers have seen that this body is but a vehicle which the indwelling person uses. We have chariot belongs to Arjuna, that's what we say. So likewise, the body is the vehicle with the help of which we fulfill ourselves. So half the way when it is breaks down, what do you do? You dial up to some number, get another vehicle and continue your journey. Isn't it? Likewise, you can continue your program of work beyond one incarnation. If only you know that you are not what your body is, you are a unit of consciousness residing in this body. We are residing in this body, we are residents, we are the indwellers of this form, but we are not the form. <coughs> this, this basic understanding is, uh, shall have to be deeply ingrained in us. Otherwise, all that we do is programmed by death. We say, I may not live so long, so let me conclude now. Let me consolidate. Let me retire. So, it's a self-proposition to die. That keeps working. But then, if you know that you are an eternal, pulsating unit of consciousness, and that this body has grown from you, this body has grown from you and it has grown to be such a size of such a size and later it shrinks and then we may depart from it. So we depart to occupy another body and continue the process. That way you can have a very, an outstanding, very noble progress which you can carry out for series of incarnation, provided you know that you are the indweller, not just the body. <coughs> and then you are beyond the objective life. You have been there before you are born into this body. This is, this, this much we know, because if we trace, we make a the retracing of our being. We were there in the womb of the mother before we came out, isn't it? If had we not been in the womb of the mother, how do we come out? The inference is very clear that we have been there within the womb, therefore we came out. What is not there in the womb cannot come out. So to say it is birth, it is birth of the body into objectivity. There is already body. The body is also formed while in the womb for about nine months. Nine months. By seven months the body is fully formed. 
and for two more months of another further development happens. But if you trace back to say third month, you are just a a kind of a semi-liquid, semi-solid sphere, like a night day. Before that, only normally, because when you get the fire, you will not be able to stop. Normally we recognize the pregnancy in the third month, isn't it? Thereafter they confirm it. But before also you were there. You were there. And before we entered into the womb of the mother, where were we? We traveled through this Karmatrasava of the father into the womb of the mother. So we were there in the, at the, in the head of the father. How did we arrive there? So this process of smoothie recollection is also a means which is adopted in psychology to trace back into your past lives. <coughs> Can we trace back? There are, in South India there are books called Nadis. If you consult any um, practitioner of Nadi, he can let you know what were you in the previous life and in the previous life and in the previous life, how the beings of those incarnations, how some of them are now connected to you because as part of your program you are connected to others also and they come back to you as the most approximate ones, even from the childhood. That's how it happens. So just to be satisfied, from the time we have come out of the womb of the mother and not to retrace our being earlier, is not considered complete knowledge. <coughs> we have been there over eons of time. Do you know that we, all of us have been on the planet ever since the existence of this planet? Along with the formation of the planet, the beings also started living on the planet, taking to different forms. And even before the, this, this planet is born, we were there in the former aspect. Our programs were not completed. We were unfulfilled. We were in the previous, we were dwelling on the previous earth. Previous earth which we today call the moon. What we call the moon is our earlier residence. Just like we move into new residences and whenever we pass by, we show our old residence also. This is where we were living, now we have moved into it. Like that, moon is our previous earth. It is from there, according to the west Nova's arc, if the story relating to it, the beings are all brought from that moon to this earth. And according to our story, Manu Vaivasuka has brought them, brought all the species onto this planet. The beings as such are eternal. We are eternal beings. Because we are the offshoot of the cosmic being. We are the offshoot of the cosmic being. And therefore, we continue to live forever. And when we continue to live forever, to limit our understanding only to this body and its uh, gender and its name 
and its province and its nationality and its race is nothing but limiting yourself it's like an elephant being limited to be a mosquito it is it is self integration that is happening that we are limiting for nothing our of our being which is it is as big as my manam <coughs> an elephant and we believe that it is a mosquito as what i was explaining to you yesterday and in the morning the cub of the tiger joining the a group of cats or a swan sibling joining a group of ducks and it finds the swan automatically the swan allies with the other group of swan and moves away it realizes it is no more the duck likewise we cannot just limit ourselves to be the mortals while we are immortal that we are immortals man came to know and those who came to know that and that we are threefold fourfold beings but not just the mundane person it is realized by men only those men are who are the ones whom we call the masters of wisdom are the seers there are so many rishis there are rajarshis there are maharshis the maharshis are those who understand the whole cosmos they understand the mahat the rajarshi is the one who is a, is, a, is a master of his own being fourfold being a rishi is one who can see through into his entire being rishi me rishi me see so they form a good model for us they form a good model for us because they realize that the four runners in every field we we follow the four runners in that field isn't it if you are a banker you you see the chairman and manager of the bank he to also joined the bank as an officer but became a cmd he is a role model to likewise in a corporate there can be a cmd he is a role model to likewise to a teacher there can be a vice chancellor of the university he is a role model to likewise for human beings the great initiates are the role models if you wish to realize that you are far beyond your body <coughs> that as units of consciousness we have greater potential than what you understand yourself to be and this this urge to know when it develops then there are means to know it there are means to know it and that is what is all intended by the occult practices the occult practice is to realize the three force particles which is invisible and immortal padosya vishvabhutani nitam nirvikasya tripadasya amrutam divi meaning what tripadasya three parts three parts are amrutam meaning undying is undying and divi means divine only one fourth is mortal three fourths is immortal and divine the the cosmic person the cosmic one and the, the one who you as divinity and you are the indwelling person 
these three are eternally there. That's how Purusha Suttam says, Padosya Vishwa Bhutani. Tripa Adasya Amrita. Bhutani means that which is born. We are not born. That we should know. We are not Bhutas. We are Jeevas. People don't distinguish. Those who know Sanskrit think that we are all Bhutas. We are not Bhutas. Bhuta is that which is born. What is born is the form. <coughs> the form is born into which the soul enters, the being enters. So the being cannot take to the identity of the form. I mean the human form. That's how it is. I am in the human form. I am in the female form. I am in the female form. I am is neither male nor female nor even human. No the beauty of the human form is it has a self-consciousness and therefore it stands a possibility to experience the other three dimensions relating to the being. A being is a cosmic being because he is a descendant of the cosmic person. Virat Purusha. Cosmic being. Some out of the cosmic being, the being comes out just like from an ocean, a wave comes. The wave has the same taste as that of the waters of the ocean. Except that it takes the form and then again rejoins the ocean and the form, the form disappears. Forms appear, forms grow, forms retreat and forms disappear. So these forms are called bhutas. So to mix up the beings with the forms, with the bhutas, is great ignorance. Great ignorance. You should grow in your consciousness so that you know sometimes that your form is no more. So form is a limitation when you grow. When you grow, your form tends to be a limitation. You, that's why what you do, you move, out, you move out of the form, building another form with the help of this form. That is what exactly the yoga imparts. Build antaskarana sarira. That's how now Master Jalpul uses the word. Build sukshma sarira, which is there in the scripture, which can be golden, which can be diamond time. If it is a diamond time body, it is called vajranga sarira. That's why we say Hanuman is Vajranga Bani and it is discarded as Bajranga Bani. Bajranga is, Ba is a substitute to Va. Vajranga Bani becomes Bajranga Bani. <coughs> he has a diamond iron form, he has Kanchana Deha, he has, meaning he has a golden form and he is also in the body of flesh and The other two forms, Last long, 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 long cycles compared to the mortal body. With those, they conduct work because they feel this is a limited thing. The masters of wisdom are those who have built the other two bodies. They built it through the practice, through the discipline of yoga. So we are attracted to them because we, there is something in us which tells us to grow in your potential, to overcome this body and yet stay in it. You can overcome, see, a chick in the egg, 
it cannot continue to live in that energy. As it grows, it breaks it and then it flies. Likewise, the human consciousness can grow into the subjective dimension and then into the divine dimension and then move out of this body without breaking it. That's how great beings, with the help of body of light, they move around in the subtle and then keep appearing to others in the dreams, giving guidance to them in the dreams, giving affirmations, assurances, and uh, supplementing the, them with, this, with courage, and all kinds of things the great beings keep doing. Why? Because they have developed the subtle body. <coughs> to you also the possibility of the subtle body is a reality when you try to understand the dream. In the dream you move in the subtle body. But that subtle body which you have in the dream is not prepared by you consciously, it is bestowed by you by nature. So we prepare it in yoga. We prepare it in yoga. So when Vivekananda, he was happy, thirty, and the thirty-five, thirty-nine, no? Thirty-nine. When he was around thirteen years, a few months before, he spoke to his younger brother. He told him, I would no more stay in this world. He has conducted enormous work even by that time. <coughs> and then the consciousness has grown and grown and grown ever since he had the touch of the Master, Ramakrishna. And he has done a great work in relation to informing the universal wisdom and its dimensions to the humanity at large. And in the process is as a, as a unit of consciousness he is going. And the power of the being is such that the body was tending to be frail. It had many sicknesses. Then his brother asked, why do you wish to go? You are hardly forty years. You can easily live up to say eighty, eighty-four years in a body. In Kali Yuga, though we are all granted hundred years, ideal conditions do not exist. Therefore, one may live functionally up to eighty-one to eighty-four years. That's how it is measured now. So where is the happy? Why do you go? You can continue and do some more work. Then Vivekananda told his younger brother, you don't understand. You don't understand. I am feeling on a daily basis constricted by this body. Constricted by this body. It's like keeping an elephant in a small cage. It feels so uncomfortable because it cannot freely move its trunk. No? It cannot move its tail. It cannot move its legs in a circus. And the elephant is in a cage. It looks so pitiable, isn't it? So when you grow in your consciousness, you feel the constriction of this body. And therefore, if there is a way to go out of this from time to time. That is why it is said when great beings take to incarnation, it is a great sacrifice as far as they are It's a great sacrifice because they have decided to live in a pigeon hole and conduct themselves. 
a man who is accustomed to live in a palatial building, in a palatial building, if you make him live in a single bedroom flat, he feels very discomfort, great discomfort, isn't it? Likewise, in the body of flesh and blood, a great being feels the constriction to stay in it. That's why he conditions, he sacrifices himself to be in it and conduct the work and get out of it as early as possible. But yoga is a facility when you wish to get into the objective life, to do something in the objectivity, you work through this small vehicle. At other times we move out of it and stay in the subtle world. We can live in the subtle world, <coughs> which we call Sushma Loka. You can also live in Karna Loka, that is the diamond time field. There is a diamond time plane, plane, there is a golden plane of existence, and there is a mortal or mundane plane of existence. So these possibilities from ancient most times they are informed by scriptures and demonstrated by a few who have been earlier mortals only. They have been mortals, but then they gained this. They gained this awareness. So the purpose of all this activity of occultism is not to gain something in terms of mundane things. <coughs> It is enable a growth of consciousness. You cannot be satisfied with the growth of your body. Body growth, at best it can be, at best it can be seven feet in Kaliya. That's the optimum, seven feet. In Vapar Yuga, it was fourteen feet. In Treta Yuga, it is twenty-one feet. And in Krita Yoga it was twenty-eight feet. Even today in Himalayas there is a being of twenty-eight feet height whose foot is seven feet long. His foot is seven feet long, while his being is of twenty-eight feet high. He is called Yeti. You know this, you know the term Yeti, the word Yeti, but there is an Yeti that keeps moving in Himalayas. <coughs> When he sets his foot in the eye, it is a seven feet foot. Till recently, people initiates who moved in Himalayas have been witnessing it. The latest one who witnessed it is Nicholas Rory, the Russian prince, who lived in Himalayas for twenty-four years and brought out excellent paintings that inspire people all over the globe. He has seen this yeti. The foot of Yeti, not Yeti as such. And the, the, the great seers who dwell in Himalayas, from time to time they come across Yeti and then they prostrate and they see the Yeti. Because he is the ancient most one living in the farm with the help of the, the science of yoga. <coughs> the science of yoga enables you to continue to live in the in a golden farm or a diamond farm and take to farms of flesh and blood every two to three hundred years. Every two to three in, in the forests of around Narmada River, which we call Khandavana, the central India, 
even now if you get in deep into the forest you can see bees with who have 300 years a body of 300 years age 200 years age and even among the uh, habitants in in villages you see samadhis of the masters who lived in civilization meaning <laughs> not so much in urbanized cities but in villages who lived 140 years 120 years 150 years like that you can see in, in maharashtra and madhya pradesh in the forest and there are beings also who keep changing their form once in 300 years and in himalayas they keep changing the forms of flesh and blood once in 1200 to 1500 years can you imagine 1200 to 1500 years a master wisdom he enters he changes his body at such an interval <clears throat> and that's how and all of our puranas which you of course we, we don't have time to read puranas and uh, <clears throat> the beings of puranas like maitreya vidura sukha suta and and so many others who are mentioned here they have been living since 5000 years on this earth 5000 abhi and they have been human only like you and me how was it possible to them how is it not possible to us they it was possible to them because they have to be adapted themselves to the discipline of yoga and then even without the body of flesh and blood they can continue to work with the other bodies and if necessary they can take to a body of flesh and blood <coughs> this is what is attracting today the entire west the entire west is today much more convinced of reincarnation than it was before because a being from himalaya dictate something to the european lady in new york and then there are regular communications from himalaya to to the united states it was a wonder to people and 24 books have been dictated like that through impression and then this advent of the theosophical movement and the arcane school and the goodwill work that came to be in the beginning of 20th century commence in 19th century has unveiled a new dimension in the west that we continue to live beyond the body which is a general knowledge in the east <laughs> it is known but it is not practiced it is known but not practiced the chief teaching of the hierarchy is to let us know that we continue to live beyond this body and we should gain the knowledge to live beyond this body <coughs> and we should be able to consciously depart from this body and re-enter into this body Shankaracharya demonstrated it so many times the latest master Sri Vidhanya did it for 18 times Sri Sai Baba demonstrated one time he went out and came back master Sri Vidhanya he went out from the body and the body was declared dead and then he came back into the body what does it say? 
communicate to us. It communicates that the indweller doesn't die, the form. So what is it that dies? It is the form that dies. And you are not the form. We have different form, Abhya. And you will have yet another form next time. Just like once you have Marthi ascended, later you have taken to swift desire, and then you have taken to what is called eco sport of the so different cars you keep maintaining, is it one time? One time we see in Marthi. Another time, after few years, we see in Swift. Then we see after some years in some other vehicle. But do you identify the owner of the vehicle or do you identify the vehicle as such? If someone was earlier in a, in a smaller car, he shifts into a bigger car or a better car, we can still identify him. Why? Because you are not identifying him by the vehicle. But when it comes to human being, which is also the human form, is also a vehicle, you cannot. <coughs> Why? Because we don't have that attitude. We don't have that attitude. Even the senior artist, in whichever role he is in, in different movies he plays different role, but still we identify the, the actor, isn't it? We know the actor. Be it Sylvester Stallone, or Schwarzenegger, or Dad Fritz, or the Indian Bollywood actors, Hollywood actors. Whatever role they play, we know him, no? Hi, he is still playing that role. Likewise, they have different dress, different appearance, different dialogue delivery, different role play, but still you identify the actor, don't you? So also, we can be identified in whichever form we are from the higher success. We are identifiable. Each one has his identity. What you have been in the last life and what you have been in this life. He is known to the seer. He sees through, just like we see the owner of the car, he sees the owner of the body. Mm-hmm. So you have stories from episode. Shri Sai Baba, when a lady comes with a basket of fruits, from out of it two lizards come out. Balloon and they come out and then they busily go to the roots. They, they come out and fruits back. Shri Sai Baba sees it. And then he sees it and they, they started quarreling. They started quarreling in that dilapidated masjid. In verse, he was where he was residing. He laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> then the people around, they were surprised. Why is he laughing when the two lizards are at fight? Then he explained to them, they have been mother-in-law and daughter-in-law in the last time. <laughs> now, now they have come back as lizards and they, the old habits don't die. So they continue to fight even as lizards. They continue to fight even as lizards. That's how we have stories. People say, Sai Jirisamrutam. How could he identify? Because he can see the being through the vehicle. Just like we see the beings in the vehicles, automobiles. This, this is a vehicle for a seer. It is not 
But he doesn't, he doesn't identify himself with it. That's why in the very second chapter of Bhagavad Gita also it is very clearly said by Lord Krishna. He says, just like you put on new clothing and you put off old clothing, the clothing that is worn out you put off and you put on new clothing like that the beings keep on putting on and putting off, putting on and putting off. The sloka is known to everyone, but no one tries to apply himself consciously to that sloka. Vasamsa jirnami yadhavihaya, like that it comes. Just like you put off a worn-out clothing and put on new clothing, you also put off these bodies and get into new bodies. So what is so big about it? That's what Krishna says. And he says, I know all the beings, in their previous bodies. And I know what they would be in the future bodies. Because I identify, I, my identity is with the beings, not with the forms. Forms keep changing, but the beings do not. And this being is a threefold being. He is one with the cosmic one. And he is one with the cosmic one within the form. And he is himself there. In three states he is there. In the fourth state, he is in the function to the mortal body. This understanding must be ingrained into us. Ingrained into us. When Madame Blavatsky was introduced to wisdom, this is the first thing that the masters of wisdom introduced her to. They have shown her a circle with, with a cross in it. What we see as the symbol of perfection, that is what they have shown. And they explained to him, you are fourfold. You are but one unit, but you are fourfold. There is a spiritual dimension in you. There is a subjective dimension in you. There is a mortal dimension in you. And there is a dimension beyond these three. So you can associate with that which is beyond through samadhi. So dhyana, jhana and samadhi, samadhi identify with And you can know that you are the divine being by being at a state of dharana and jhana. And you know the subtle side of your being through pranayama and pratyahara. And you know the mortal side of your being through that you need not be informed because you know already. But then there are the steps related to yama and yama and asana. To harmonize the mortal being. To harmonize the mortal being, it is yama, niyama and asana. The regulation. To know the subjective being, it is pranayama and pratyahara. To know the divine dimension of the being, it is dharana and dhyana. To know that you are one with the ultimate, it is samadhi. This is how in the eightfold path of yoga, the fourfold man is realized. And the same thing is explained in Bhagavad Gita. So reading Bhagavad Gita and diverting the, the stanzas relating to it is not a big thing. That's what I said in the morning. Scriptures are not meant to be diverted, but to be followed in your daily routine. And then cause the needed transformations are realized. When this happens, then the man is said to be fulfilled. 
a man is said to be fulfilled when he realizes the other three dimensions relating to him. And with those three dimensions consciously associated with him, he continues to work on the field. In the field. That is what exactly is meant. When an initiate says, Kingdom of God upon earth. Kingdom of God upon earth. Jesus Christ was asked, what or has you come? He said to establish kingdom of God upon earth. That means he can bring the most high energies and the plan relating to it through the threefold person he is and manifest it. This is what is called white magic. White magic is to bring down from higher circles and manifest it in the lower circles with a conscious understanding where if, if, if you wish you can move to divine side, you can move subject into subjectivity and then rise into divinity and then rise into the cosmic being. This is how it is. For that all these practices are we, as I say every time, we just reduce it to routine and then we do not grow in our awareness. A master of wisdom, I believe, looks just once a year at the head of a, a, a spiritual aspirant. If he sees the head just for a split second, he can see what kind of what degree of light the head is holding. That's it. And again next year, in the next December Kana, again he looks at the head. The, the bulb doesn't glow more. He remembers how it was glowing before. If at all there is a glow, if at all there, every head glows a bit, don't worry about it. It's, it's not a cute it's not a fused of bulb. <laughs> the head glows, but in what candle power? What candle So if it is growing, he, he lends his support. Because you are on the program. You are on the program. The program relating to us that we do throughout the year, so many things. It's amazing. Once when I counted the days in a year, Almost more than 240 and odd days I am in this kind of programs. 240 days and 360 days. Two-thirds is dedicated to the But is anything happening with him or it is only <laughs> repetition? It's not. You all know that nothing is repeated in the teaching, isn't it? Never. One teaching is a duplicate of the other teaching. Why? Because it's a continuous happening of light, it's a process. So, by that you continue to grow. The idea is, don't worry about your bodily growth or your material growth or your growth in terms of your name and fame in the world. Grow in terms of consciousness. That is what is intended. The syllabus is to grow in terms of consciousness. To grow, in terms, to grow in terms of consciousness, you have to relate to the light in you. 
So these are the promises, prophecies that happen around us, which inspire us. Okay, let us also. The scriptures have been saying over eons of time. Eons of time. So there is a subtle world, there is a causal world, Sushma Loka, Karna Loka. And then there is the final state. That's how four states broadly are explained. We need to walk into that. To, to, to walk into it, you need to have the needed discipline. If you do not relate well in the objectivity, <coughs> you are not allowed to enter into it. There is an eligibility trust, an entrance trust to enter into. Not all can enter. Not all can enter. There should be some demonstration of usefulness to the outer world. <coughs> there has to be some demonstration of usefulness to the outer world. If you are only useful to you, You are, you are ineligible because you are self-seeking, selfish person. You are not working for the community, you are not working for the society, you are not working for benefit of other beings. It can be plant, animal or human. Your existence should be in some benefit to the surrounding world. That is ineligibility. The more and more you are useful in the outer life, to the, to, the, to the surrounding life that they say. Then you have the eligibility, not otherwise. <coughs> if you tend to be offering, if your work tends to be an offering to the surroundings, you are eligible. If your work is, an, is, a, is conducted on a daily basis as an offering to the surroundings, then it takes to the dimension of yajna, that's what Krishna says, Ajnardham Kuru Karmani. Let all your work be an offering to the Sarana. Wherever you are, it can be in a hospital, it can be in a bureau, it can be in a software company. What is the ultimate end that this software company serves? Is it useful to the community, society at large? Then you are contributing to it. Don't think you are doing it for your monthly salary. If you are working in a bank, is this bank useful to the society at large or not? Is a question. When you are participating in an activity which is meant for the benefit of the society at large, and when you do it with a spirit of offering, instead of looking for the salary you receive, the comforts you receive, the increments you receive, the bonus you receive, the provident fund you receive, then you are not eligible. Work is the same because any work has the dimension of offering to the society. Any work. It can be employment, it can be business, it can be profession. Every work has a dimension of offering. If, if you take the spirit of offering through work, then you are dedicated to what you do and you contribute with the idea that I am helping the society. I am helping the planets, plants. I am helping the animals, I am helping the humans, I am helping this earth to be a better abode for the beings, like that. But if you are trying to see from every angle how much you gain, 
जन युवर भारतीय नाद यज्ञा यज्ञा आप धर्म करो करो ऐसे डायमंड्स बात का जनाव पर है बात ना बात के जनाव पर गेम है इसलिए आप उसी पर गेम गेम समझिए बात क्या है यू आर ओनली कंडीशनिंग योर सेल्फ एंड यू वांट इनटू ग्रेटर एंड ग्रेटर कंडीशन द मैटर कंडीशन द स्पिरिट Therefore, let all your attitude of work be an offering. What do I get if I teach like this? The kind of idea should not generate in you because as long as you are demanded to share whatever knowledge is with you, keep on sharing with them without anticipation or expectation. Karmanyevadhikarasthe mahapalayasthe kadachara. Don't look for the fruits of action. They would anyway come to you. Eventually they come to you. But let your orientation be what you offer to the people. Because that in number of spiritual practices, the the door for inner entry doesn't come open. It's not open. And then this another dimension is as they relate to the beings in the world. Beings means the beings are both animate and inanimate. Shasana, Asana, Abhi, like that. Sa-asana, na-asana. Na-asana means those which don't eat. There are, there are, there are beings which don't eat. They are called inorganic beings. There are beings which eat. They are organic beings. Alternatingly, organic becomes inorganic, inorganic becomes organic. That's how Purusha-Sutram says. Organic becomes inorganic, inorganic becomes organic. Even the stone, by continuous association with water, develops a certain fossils and then it develops some kind of fungi and then develops some kind of light around it. It becomes from na-asana to sa-asana. Sa-asana, na-asana, abhi. That's what I say, we read but we don't make an understanding. <coughs> So your attitude towards them has to be the attitude should be one of harmlessness. Harmlessness means in Sanskrit we call it ahimsa. When you read this book, how do you hold it? There is a harmless way of handling this book. In the hands of some people, the book gets mutilated very fast. That means there is a faculty of himsa in him. He is harming the books. In the childhood we were told when we were given new textbooks at the beginning of the academic year, the teacher used to say, the one who maintains the book till the end of the academic year in such a manner that it almost remains new, to them we award. Because it is an indication of your sraddha, your devotion in handling the book. It is also not only handling the book, it can be handling the shoe, it can be handling the pen, it can be handling a being. How do you relate? How do you relate to an inanimate thing and to an animate thing? In the hands of some people things wear out very fast. In the hands of some people, nothing happens, they shine forth. 
ఆఫ్మిన్ a garland of jasmines malakulam anta ne anta in the in the hands when it is put on by someone who is very instructive the jasmines wear out very fast <coughs> and they also wear out faster in the case of a mundane person in comparison with the divine one if you carry a lot of energy of love of light and of divine will the garland stays put even if you put on a very soft appearance the the, the, the inner energy decides whether you are a devil or an angel can you see ahimsa if someone holds a flower it it is joyful the flower itself is joyful so someone holds a flower with ever immediately falls into arms but it gets folded in someone hands a flower plant grows well and gives more flowers you can try yourself the wife and husband can sow a flower plant each a rose plant and let them let them relate depending upon their inner energy one gives more flowers and other doesn't give so many flowers it's a matter of your relating to the flower plant mm-hmm. it's a matter of your relating to an animal a dog may have become very alert by, by, by looking at one person like that it can say but some other person it can wag its tail and compete and lick him isn't it what is it the difference they are not acceptable to dog in the first case <laughs> even dog cannot accept you ahimsa see we we see we think we know ahimsa don't think so the bhagavad gita says just one principle is enough 
to grow into great states of awareness. <coughs> Very great states of awareness. That in your presence things transform into a much better state. In the hands of some things grow. Beings grow. In the hands of some they don't grow. So, this relating in the world is very important. We just do not know how to relate. We aspire for divinity, but that we do not know how to relate to the surroundings. If you talk with, if, 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 if you were torn, vibrates with authority, with power, you are already into the field of himsa. The tone, some tones are stone-like, you know. You don't have to hit them with the stone. Your statements are stone-like, they hit them. So when you keep on hitting people with your speech, you are causing himsa, isn't it? So you are not eligible, himsa. Then alignment of thought, speech and action. What you think you should be able to speak? There are many thoughts that are unspeakable that men, men, men get. There are many thoughts which are unspeakable that men get. Why should you get unspeakable thoughts at all? You get the thoughts and you know for decency that you should not speak, so you close your mouth, but then there is a pressure. The influx of thoughts are there, they will know went out for it. By all that self himsa, self-torture, let us get rid of such thoughts. Whatever you think, you should be able to speak and also act upon tanuhurbhāsala sakhyamun Isn't it? Alignment of thoughts, speech and action is another eligibility test. Eligibility test. We generally, all over the globe, occultist practitioners, they fancy about their being into something. But when the fundamentals are not clear, you are not truly into the inner chamber of your being. <coughs> Whether one is in the inner chamber or not can be seen by his outer behavior. The other behavior very clear says whether you have been into or you have not been into. Alignment. Then comes regulated sex activity. How long you engage in sex? Only to have some progeny. But it cannot be a lifelong activity. By that you lose the energies of the most high center in you. You lose the most the energies of the most high center is Sahasrara. It is from there is, from there there is a downward flow of energy when you are into an act of sex. So we have to be very careful only for suffering bodies, for incarnating souls, for a period in life, as a service you do this act of sex to bring forth forms for the benefit of incarnating souls. That's all. Meaning, let the 
the soul the souls which are departed they are looking for again avenues to be born you are offering yourself to be an avenue for the incarnating soul is a great service for that you indulge into an act of sex and also you get a reasonable reasonable number of children don't waste this energy because this is this energy this is where the sukla the seventh tissue resides we say in lalita sahasrama also sahasrama bujarudha varshita pravada sahasrana padmasta sarva padmopasobita sarvayudhara sukla samsthita sarva pramukhi sukla samsthita it is the abode for sukla meaning this family the case of man and then sonita antantalva maybe it is called ovum in the case of the lady it is the descent of the the most sublime tissue into you to sex so why do you waste it why do you waste it for nothing ఆకాశమునుండి శంభుని శిరంబు అందుంది సుశ్లోకంబు హిమాది అందుంది భూలోకముని చేరే గంగా కూలంకష పెక్కు భంగులు వివేక భస్త సంపాతములని మాకు చిన్నప్పుడు తెలుగులో పద్యం ఉండేది భర్తృహరి సుభాషిస్తారు ది డాన్వర్డ్ ఫ్లో ఆఫ్ ఎనర్జీ ఇస్ వాట్ హ్యాపెన్స్ టు యూ వెన్ యూఆర్ ఇన్ టు ది ఆబ్జెక్టివ్ వరల్డ్ ఆల్ ది టైమ్ అండ్ మచ్ మోర్ సో వెన్ యూఆర్ విత్ ది సెక్స్ యాక్టివిటీ the very practice of occultism is to cause an upward flow of this energy upward flow as what i said in the morning gam ga there is a downward flow and then you should ensure that there is an upward flow every time there is an upward flow so the summer causes an upward flow upward flow of water in rainy season the waters come down and again when summer comes it has to be cyclical it cannot be all the way a downward flow then you are depleted in your energy and you get debilitated and you become dumb in your head a dull head is the ultimate result of excessive self-sex activity and most of the Alzheimer's are early setting in of Alzheimer's forgetfulness forgetfulness is a sickness of brain why because brain is depleted of the energy <laughs> more and more people are getting into it because all their flow is into the world there is no return of the flow through conscious effort we why we use the overhead tank so much you know throughout the day but then that overhead tank how long you can use it until the water is exhausted then you have to pump up isn't it so you have a motor to pump it up so there should be a system of motoring by which you pump up the energy into the head to pump up the energy into the head pranayama is the means pranayama is the means. prana and apana they are synthesized in samana and samana leads to udana udana is the motor pump that pumps up 
the energy is into the head. It's not blood pressure. <laughs> blood pressure is a different state. But pumping the energy of awareness into the head with the help of the Vayu in you is recommended in yoga. So therefore, that is another eligibility test. And then still another reason, don't feel. Feel not. Feel not others' properties, feel not others' persons, feel not others' ideas. This is another thing. Feeling others' ideas is also a theft, it's a sophisticated theft. The crude thieves are not so dangerous. That is, the, the, your wallet is stolen, then you get into a bus or a train. He is a, out of necessity. But there are global thievers who thieve ideas from other nations. Do you know that uh, the, the principle of aviation, aeroplane, is first invented by a Maharashtrian uh, in, uh, in Mumbai? You don't know. You think it is Wright Brothers. Before Wright Brothers, there was another person in Brazil whose residence I went and met. Uh, he is earlier to the Wright Brothers. And even to this Brazilian man, there was an earlier one in Mumbai who has developed it. But you know, those who are rich, they have much better propaganda material. <coughs> they propagate much better. And even who are not so very rich, even if you ball out from this group of top of the roof, no one is one. We say the best, the largest tree is here, the best part of all is there, like that we say, no? People know Niagara as a beautiful waterfall, but there is a much better waterfall in South America called Iguazu. But it is very less known. Less known. Why? Because it's a poor nation. It, this waterfall is in the junction where the three nations meet. <coughs> Argentina, Brazil and Paraguay. So in between the waterfall is there. Once it so happened, the American President Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR he is called, a great master and also the second of a master. <coughs> we don't know in the outer circles. He happened to be at Igbazu in South America and he wrote in the register there, Poor Nayagara, Poor Nayagara, compared to Igbazu. <coughs> so, what is popularly known is one thing. Popularly, right brothers are known to be the inventors, but there are inventors who invented even before but less known are almost not known. Ideas are stolen. Many Indian ideas are stolen now on the other side of the planet. There are attempts to patentize them as their products, isn't it? So therefore this thieving instinct, if you have, you are ineligible to make an entry into subtle side of your being. 
And then another thing you know, accepting gifts without rendering any service. Accepting gifts. Buy one, get one free, like that we have. Buy one, get two free, we, we make a queue there. This, this idea of getting things free is a great burden to the being. <coughs> great burden to the being because Anything you receive without expending your energy brings the related karma to you. There is a transfer of karma that happens. Transfer of karma happens by receiving without doing anything. And on New Year's Day, a man in a position keeps on receiving so many things from people, you know, he doesn't know that he is becoming loaded with karma. <coughs> if you are more popular, you are more loaded with karma, unless you have rendered much more service to them, you should not receive this. That is called aparigraha. Indian mentality is anything free, yes, we are ready. That's why we are heavy with karma. Don't accept anything free. Aparigraha. If you, have, if you have received anything, you should have done to the other person at least ten percent more than what you have received in terms of energy. You do eleven times of service to the rent. You offer eleven times of favor to the other. You may receive ten times. Meaning at least there is one extra. But don't try to receive more by offering less. Today the attitude in the entire group is how to make money without working. <laughs> so by that you go down and down and down into mundanity. It's all mass of energy at work. The more and more you transmit, the more and more you tend to be lighter. The more and more you receive, you tend to be heavier in energy. See, the, the one who distributes, who shares, tends himself to the north pole in him, which is at the top of the earth. The one who keeps on gathering, 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 gathering from all resources, he makes himself heavy and moves to the south pole, which is below the Vatyabha. This is how the energy function is seen by the seer. That's why they suggest dana. Dana. Then keep on giving. Keep on giving. Give what? Keep on giving means not only rupees or dollars or euros. Keep on distributing whatever valuable thing is with you. It can be wisdom, it can be thought, it can be emotional consolation, it can be a physical support, it can be a material support. Keep on helping people, by that you are moving into upper chambers of your being. Keep on receiving, you are moving into the cellar, not even basement. <laughs> now we build one cellar, two cellars, three cellars, no? <laughs> we have become experts to dig and build things down into the factor. It was not there before, we are hurting a lot. 
hurting your head will not be doing all that. So that's another dimension. So what is to be done by sharing, you are moving up. You are turning towards the North Pole. North Pole is a distributive world. South Pole is a gathering world. So if you wish to move into subtle, causal and then divine, The, the, the key is in sharing whatever you have for the benefit of others. That's how this anadana, vasadana, meaning distributing food, distributing clothing, distributing assistance for education, dasadanas, and ekavimsatidanas, twenty-one types of dhanas, all these have come to be. It releases you. When you are relieved from material, you are easily moving into higher realms. That's how it is. There is a story. There is a story. Even if you are a diabolic person, even if you are a diabolic, meaning worse than a mundane human, a diabolic is worse than a mundane being. Even if you are a diabolic person, if you have the habit of giving, you gradually transform your energies from being diabolic to human, and from being human to the divine. That's the story of Bali. The story of the emperor Bali, Bali Chakravarti, we say, which we recite on the 13th January every year, Bhogi. Bhogi is the day where Bali was, received his salvation. He was a diabolic king and he wanted to conquer the divine world, the divine world. Why should the only angels remain in the divine world? Why should the diabolic be in the subterranean regions? Why should I not get there? Why should not my clan occupy that? He got a, he asked his teacher. His teacher is Venus, Sukracharya. <coughs> Venus principle. To move in, he knows how to move into subtle world. Venus holds the key to the subtle world. Hathi is mundane and its superior counterpart is Venus. That's why the symbol of Venus is just the reverse of the symbol of the earth in astrology. Hathi is represented by a globe below a cross. Venus is represented as a globe above the cross. It is the higher dimension. She is the teacher, Sukracharya. Sukra. He asked his teacher, what is the way that I occupy the heavens? What is the way that I grow from being diabolic to be human and then divine and then occupy? Occupation is his program. So the teacher said, keep giving. Whatever is with you, keep giving. He went on giving, 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 giving. By giving, he occupied the plane of earth. He occupied the, the plane of heaven. He threw, away, he threw away the celestial king because the strength of giving helped him to grow to such an extent that even the celestial king had to vacate and offer the celestial kingdom to him. 
And in the process, the diabolic king has become divine. In the process, the diabolic king has become divine. And then what happened? He has become so completely divine and he was thinking, how much more can I grow? After all, heaven is cut and abode. There is, there is a basis for all these words which is the cosmic energy. So he went on offering, 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 until, until such time the cosmic person himself came. The cosmic person came in and he, he wanted to offer to him also. The cosmic person said, I don't need any. I don't need. See, for a giver, you are, he always finds someone who receives. Isn't it? For a giver, he always finds someone to receive. And he has been always finding people that seek from him. But here came a situation where there is a young fellow, seven years of age, a young kid. And he came across and he wanted to offer. The boy said, I don't need anything. I have everything. Then the king was more interested to offer to him because at least he found one person who says, I don't need anything. In the three worlds, the, the heaven, the earth and the hell, there is one person and a young kid, he says, I don't need anything. Then king says, don't you need jacket? Don't you need ties to play? Don't you need this? Don't you need that? He says, I don't need it. I have it. That was a surprise to the king. He said, if at all, if at all, this boy receives something from me, I feel fulfilled. See, to give a daily seeking beggar is one thing. To see, daily a beggar comes to your house and he will not leave the house unless you offer something. So as an inevitable act, you throw something at him, isn't it? But then comes a person who is to your house who looks like a beggar, but he is not a beggar. <coughs> it happened to the mother of Sripad Vasivalava. He came only to tell her that the, that the Divine is going to be born to him. He has not come to bed. So in the form of a beggar, the Divine can come if it happened in the case of the Emperor Bali. So he said, my life is worthwhile if I can do something to this boy who at this age says he needs nothing. And he says, I am a very contented man. There is no one richer than me because I am a contented one. So to see, there is only one incident in the entire history as is recorded in Puranas that there is a rival who transformed himself to the divine. And then he would give something to the cosmic person. He had the idea of offering something to the cosmic person. The cosmic person denied. When he denied, the king was getting disappointed. Then he said, please ask something. He said, I don't need. Then slowly in the psyche, the king becomes a beggar. The king becomes a beggar. But he says, would you please ask something? I want to give you, please ask me something. So 
So then the the cartoon person, his mamana, we say the avatar of the dwarf. He says, only because you are begging me to beg you, I am begging you. <laughs> only because you are begging me to beg you, I beg you, okay, I accept. And he, he said, give me three feet of land. Three feet of land. You know the story, but then the psychology I am speaking. With one foot he occupied hell, another foot he occupied heaven, another foot he occupied the... With one foot he occupied the entire earth, another foot he occupied the heaven. Then he said, where shall I put my third foot? By the time the diabolic king understood that the one who came is the one. He said, put it on my head. The touch of your feet on my head is enough for me to remain forever in a state of bliss. So it happened. Why I gave this story? If you are in an attitude to offer, your entire energy system takes to such transformation. You know this story, when you come to the great offerers in, in history of humanity, we think of Siddhi, an emperor. We think of Bali, another emperor. We also think of Karna. If at all, if at all the anti-hero to Arjuna in Mahabharata, that is Karna, if at all he was saved, he was saved by his habit of offering. <coughs> It's a very interesting story. He worked for the, for the ignorance, for the evil. And because of his continuous suffering, he came to understand that he is on the side of the evil, not on the side of goodwill. But then he is already committed. So what is the salvation for him? When he developed a friendship with a king, he thought it is a good friendship. But then it turned out to be a situation where he is already committed as a friend to help that king, but that king turned out to be most evil king. What do you do? On one side there is a commitment, you gave word. But on the other side you are on the wrong side. What is the salvation? He found the salvation in daily giving. In daily giving. The morning he relates to the sun, he was a sun worshipper. After the sun worship, if anyone knocks his door and asks anything, he will give. That's why he gives. The story is very long, I don't want to narrate this story, but the principle. Ultimately what happened when he was put off in the war, along with the, with the theme of the blind sons, he went to hell for a while. On the way he was told, you don't have to come to hell because your quality of giving leads you to the heaven. Then he said, let me accompany them up to the hell because I have also done some other things. And I will be there for a while with them and then come back to heaven. See? That was his commitment. He, he wanted to stand by a king until life and even after life I have some time and then he moves to the heaven. Ashokarna moves to heaven among those <laughs> who are on the evil side of the war. What enabled him to gain that step? 
it is the ability to learn. <coughs> That's why there are so many things which, which disable us to enter into our own being. We have ambition to enter into the subjective side of our being, but ambition can be fulfilled if you take to the related discipline. You don't take to the take to the related discipline, but you want to be in the most coveted places, position. Is it possible? As we say in our child accountancy, if you want to be a child accountant, you are you have to work hard like a donkey. There is no other way. Otherwise, you can't be a child accountant. Eligibility is there always. So, to eligibility is to enter into is. These are the eligibilities. And Krishna simplifies it. Do your work as an offering and keep donating. These are the two things. Yajna and Dana. That enables you to do tapas. Meaning, that enables you to contemplate, to enter into. To enter into means to get initiated. Yajna, Dana, Tapas. Yajna, Dana, Tapas. These are the things by which you are purified and a man becomes a master. This is how ultimately he sums up in the 18th chapter. He says, these three are enough to purify yourself, to find that entry and then gain your sex, the immediate superior state and then gain the next state. In, within the frame of human body, you can be from being mundane to subject, from object to man to subject to man, subject to man to be a divine man, and being a divine being, he can relate to the cosmic man. That's how the story is. So that is the reason, for two days I have told you how it is inside, isn't it? The inner temple I have been speaking from 27th evening. And uh, today the entry part is spoken. We, we need to open doors to, into the subjective world. Now some little, some illusions here and there and some hallucinations don't be satisfied with it. There should be a tangible entry into your own being. Entry into your own being is what is called initiation. And the master of wisdom helps you to gain that entry by giving the related discipline first in the objective life. We have to adapt to that discipline of objective life and then move in into the subjective and gain these successive states of your own being. Then, from cosmos to the earth, you are connected. It's a manifest. That is called white magic. That is called bringing the kingdom of God unto the earth. <coughs> unto the earth. He can manifest you being the channel for the cosmic solar and planetary energy. There is a planetary sun, there is a central sun, solar one, and then there is a cosmic sun, Aditya, Savita, Surya, three states. He can bring in all that energy with you being the channel. That is what it is to be a medium. He will, turn, he will turn out to be a medium of the master of the universe. 
that is fulfillment for man according to the scriptures and according to the teachings of the masters of wisdom. So that concludes the whole theme relating to what I have been speaking. And I thank you all that uh, you enabled me to present it. Unless there is a keen listening, the teaching cannot come. <laughs> and it happened in five sessions. So take it and see what best we can do with ourselves. Don't meddle with others. Meddle with yourself. <laughs> As you work with yourself, you know more and more about yourself. Man knows thyself, he is known to all as a statement, but if we know ourselves, we know ourselves only when we enter into the chamber of our own being, inner chamber of our own being. So how to enter, how to experience and how to permeate from head to toe is what is being presented in this December call with a touch of the planetary energies as they exist in us as a garland. So thank you one and all. Tomorrow any questions relevant to the topic we shall have for one and a half hours. And any doubts I will try to clear so that it rounds up the theme. Because when you do teaching it's not that you cover every aspect. Only hints are thrown in a successful fashion. There is some kind of continuity in the teaching, but there are many holes, as you know. <coughs> so those can be filled through a question-answer session, therefore the final session shall be a question-answer session. Ishtar Goshti. That will be like that for tomorrow. And thank you one and all again. And ponder over this, that, that you are the inner one, and you are the cosmic one as well. And you, you by volition you have become a mundane one. You, you have limited yourself to be a mundane one. You have other possibilities which can be explored. <coughs> it's an investigation into your own being. It's an inquiry into your own being. Let that inquiry be on. Thank you, one and all. Again. Thomas.